beginning of the started a series in which we titled it, What Are You... What baggage are you bringing with you into 2018? And we've been looking over this month or so at some of the things that God is asking us to let go of, things that hinder us from being all that we could be and all that God wants us to be. We looked at inferiority and how we so many times compare ourselves to someone else instead of looking at what God sees. And what God wants to do in us and through us. So many times our relationships are broken because of misunderstandings. And we allow those misunderstandings to separate and cause tension and cause us to not be able to fulfill what God wants us to do. And then so many times, because of misunderstandings or real things, we struggle with unforgiveness. Not letting go and not allowing God to forgive and help us to live forgiving others. This morning we want to conclude this <clears throat> study, this series, with the idea of letting go of fear. <clears throat> Stephen told me this morning that our, our Hyde Wesleyan Church app, in which we push uh, scripture verses to you, and it's done on a, some kind of a survey in which you put in some of the things that you struggle with and the things in your life that you're dealing with. And the number one thing that we said we deal with as a church family is fear. Fear. Fear is something that can paralyze us. How many of you have fears? What do you fear? How many of you have Ophidiophobia. Any of you have that? Huh? You do. You were here then in the first service. <laughs> well, this guy here has Ophidiophobia. That, I think, could cause ophidiophobia, but he has it. Researchers at John Hopkins about 30 years ago did a, a study of children in our society, and they asked them what their greatest fears were. And 30 years ago, their fears were this, animals, being in a dark room, high places, strangers, and loud noises. Recently, they did... A, a similar study with the same age group. And today, kids are afraid of, number one, divorce happening in their life, nuclear war, cancer, global warming, and being mugged. The world is full of people who are being treated for all kinds of fears. We have learned to give it another name, and we call it phobias. There are all kinds of phobias. Here's a list of just a few of them. Um, I'm not even going to try to pronounce. I had to go over and over the one that I just did. But um, some of you kids have a fear of school. That's a legitimate phobia, I guess. Some of you are a, have a fear of technology, and you pull out that flip phone, and you still have it. Some of you still have maybe a dial-up phone at home that you're still trying to 
to get through on. But there's all kind of phobias, fear of work. Some of us have that, fear of work. And um, fear of hairy people, fear of bald people. And there's just all kinds of fears. So what, what are your fears? What are your fears? On the internet, there are whole websites devoted to just listing all the kinds of fears that people have. Hundreds of fears. Hundreds of fears. Clearly, fear is tightly woven into the fabric uh, of our psyche. Five-year-old Johnny was in the kitchen as his mother was preparing supper, and she asked him to go into the pantry and get her a can of tomato soup. But he didn't want to go, especially go alone. And he told her, he said, it's dark in and, and, and there, and I'm scared. And she asked him again and persisted that he go, and finally she said, it's okay, Jesus will be in there with you. So Johnny walked to the door and he opened it very gingerly and he peeks inside and he's still afraid and he starts to come pull back and then he had an idea and he opened the door a little bit and said, Jesus, if you're in there, would you hand me a can of tomato soup? <laughs> I can identify a little bit with Johnny. When I was 11, 12, 13, right in that age, I can't remember exactly, we lived down in the Cayman Islands and there was, there was a, a general fear of ghosts that was very prevalent in that culture. They called them duppies. And we have heard so many duppy stories of ghosts. And, and they didn't have funeral homes, so all of the burials took place from the church. And we were one of the larger churches in the community, so we had many funerals that took place in our church. Dad usually was the speaker, and, and it would be a long day, and, and after the funeral, and going to the cemetery, coming home, and it was usually about dark, and, and Dad would say, Bob, um, I want you to run over to the church, and I want you to turn off the PA system, which was in the pulpit, and uh, go to the back and lock the, the front door. And I would just get that lump in my throat that just paralyzed you. I was scared to go in that dark church by myself. And yet I couldn't tell Dad. I was afraid to tell Dad that I was afraid. And so I would go out the front door of the house, and I would run uh, like, like crazy to the back door of the church, go in on the platform there, go over as fast as I could to the PA system, turn it off, go down and have to go right by where the body had just been laying. And, and I just knew that something was going to grab me and that was going to be the end of me and had to go that mile distance down the center aisle to the back door, lock that door, and then I would run hardly touching the ground all the way to the house. Get there out of breath but trying to act as though, hey, no big deal. I know what fear is. And not all of our fears are necessarily turned into what they think of as phobias. But whether it's a phobia or whether it's a garden variety kind of fear, one trait is in common in all of them, and that is that they limit our life. They limit our involvement in whatever. And so the question, because of my fear, is I can't. 
I can't do this, I can't do that because I'm afraid. Fear makes our world smaller. Rather than meet what we are afraid of head on, we hide at home. We, we sleep, we overeat, we make excuses, and the boundaries of our world shrink bit by frightening bit. So what do you fear? And with that question is, not only what do you fear, but because of your fear, what do you forfeit? What have you sealed out of your life because of your fears? Maybe like me, you're afraid to admit that you're afraid. Afraid that you are the only one that struggles with whatever it is that, that locks you in. That you're the only child of God that struggles with this fear. Everyone else, from your point of view, seems so strong, so sure, but you're mistaken. Dr. Paul Turnier explains it this way, there are not, as is commonly believed, two kinds of human beings, those who have inner conflicts and those who do not. If there is a distinction to be made among men, it is rather this, some hide their fears and others admit them. Nevertheless, to recognize our fears and to look them in the face is frightening, but it's the only way of holding our own against them. Are you holding your own against your fears? Or are the boundaries of your fears crushing in and, and pinning you in and keeping you from being the person that God wants you to be? Many a person is held in a prison of fear. Soichi Yokai spent 28 years of his life in prison. It was not a prison of bars and wardens. It was a self-imposed prison of fear. He was a soldier in the Japanese army. He was serving on the island of Guam. And at the end of the war, as the Americans invaded uh, the, the, the island of Guam, he went into hiding with several others. Over the years, those men died and he was the only one left. He lived in a cave that he had covered up the entrance of and at night he would come out and search for what he said, roaches and rats and mangoes and anything that would keep him alive. For 28 years he lived in that cave uh, in its darkness. He had heard that the war had ended because there were leaflets that had been dropped from the sky and he found them on the jungle floor that said the war was over, but he wouldn't trust the Americans. He wouldn't believe it, and so he stayed in that prison. Finally, after 28 years, uh, some natives of the island of Guam found him and convinced him to come out of his jungle prison that the war was over. We think of his life and we think, what a waste. Imagine spending 28 years in, in a prison uh, of your own creation of fear. And yet there's a lot of us who are prisoners uh, of the fears that keep us from being and doing and becoming the people God wants us to be. In the Old Testament, David had a lot to fear. He was out with his sheep one day and here comes a lion 
and he had to face the lion. Another time there was a bear and he had to face the bear. He goes to visit his brothers and there's Goliath and he goes up against him. And then he had the psycho king Saul chasing him around for years trying to kill him. And in Psalm 27, David shows us the contrast between faith and fear. This is what he says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? What rules your life? Is it the fear of losing your job, losing your family, losing your health, your finances, your friends? Or is it your faith that God has everything under control and I can trust him? What paralyzes you? What, what keeps your lips sealed uh, when you have that opportunity to share your faith uh, and what Christ has done in your life with your coworker? or a family member, or, or a neighbor, or a friend. Fear imprisons. Faith liberates. Fear paralyzes. Faith empowers. Fear disheartens. Faith encourages. Fear sickens. Faith heals. Fear makes useless. Faith makes serviceable. Fear puts hopelessness at the heart of our life, but faith rejoices in its God. Every one of us knows what it's like to have been afraid. All of us have things uh, from our own experiences that cause us uh, to have that emotion of fear that creeps up from time to time. And as a result, we have learned to take precautions to protect ourselves. We buy insurance to, to cover those things that we consider to be valuable. We put locks and windows on our doors and we buy alarm systems. And all of this is because we fear we're going to lose some of the things we have come to possess. Many times we find ourselves going under the waves of fear because we've never taken refuge from the storm. David said, God is my refuge. He is my fortress. Is he your refuge? Is he your fortress? There's at least two types of fear. Just as with every emotion that God has given us, there are good ways of expressing it, and there are damaging ways of expressing it. There is a need for fear in our lives. There is a need for good fear. It keeps us from avoiding dangerous situations, such as having a good, healthy respect for electricity, turning off the gas when we smell the, the smell of a gas leak. Those kind of things prompt us to do things to protect us. And so fear is a, a God-given emotion that prepares your body and mind to deal with the challenges uh, that life sends our way. And there's nothing wrong with having a healthy fear in most instances. In fact, uh, it can be very healthy emotion. It may keep you alive 
at certain times in your life. The adrenaline that comes with that fear uh, prepares your body to deal with the possibility of having to fight or to flee. With fear comes the ability, though, also in those cases, to do things that we would never have thought we were able to do. As that adrenaline begins to flow through our body, we're able to do things that we never thought would have been possible. But harmful fear paralyzes us. It keeps us from doing the things that we know we should do. And uncontrolled fear can become destructive to us. Uh, It tortures, it destroys, it debilitates. In a study that was done by the University of Minnesota on how fear affects us as a human being, it says that it affects us physically. Fear weakens our immune systems and can cause cardiovascular damage. It can cause intestinal problems such as ulcers and irritable bowel syndrome. It can lead to accelerated aging and premature death. Fear can affect our memory. It can impair our long-term memories and even cause damage to certain parts of our brain, making it more difficult to regulate our fear. It it can affect how our brain processes things. Uh, It it, it can uh, interfere with even allowing us to regulate our emotions. And it can leave us susceptible to intense waves of emotion because of our fear. Uh, Our mental health. Long-term fear can bring on things like fatigue, depression, PTSD, are all aspects of fear taking effect on our body. Satan is a master of using fear in our lives. Fear, I think, is one of his primary weapons against us. And Satan uses the common fears of failure and rejection to cause us to never get around to sharing our faith with those people in our lives that need to hear it. We know that God wants us to share the good news. And yet our fear of rejection makes us afraid to do anything that's going to draw criticism to ourselves or or give someone a chance to laugh at us. What will they think of me? What if I turn them off? They're probably not going to listen to me anyway. And our fear of failure can cause us to just keep putting it off. We do everything we can to avoid the possibility of messing up the situation, so I just won't do it. We've all failed at times. How many of you have ever failed at something? You ever failed at something? All of us have failed at something. Every one of us have failed uh, at walking. The first time you tried to walk, I'll guarantee you, you fell. And the second time you tried to walk, you probably fell too. And the third, maybe, you know, your mom stopped counting how many times you fell, but you kept getting up and you kept trying. I didn't see any of you crawling in here on your belly this morning saying, Bob, yeah, I just just gave up walking back there when I was one year old. Just didn't work. And so here I am crawling in this morning. No, we all got up and we walked here because we were able to go through those failures. You overcame your fear of failure and learned to walk. Michael Jordan, who was 
perhaps one of the greatest basketball players to play the game. He shot over 32,000 points in his career. He rebounded over 6,600 times, and he had over 5,600 assists. And yet, he was a failure. Listen to him. I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life. And that is why I succeed. We've all failed. We have to get up and we have to keep going. Remember the story of Goliath who terrorized the Israelites, caused them to shake in their tents, a whole army of them afraid to go out and to face this giant who was mocking the Lord God. All of us have our Goliaths. All of us have those things that intimidate us day in and day out. They're there. Every time we get up, they're still out there. Those fears that haunt us when we fail to have faith in God, the God who wants to deliver us and, and to give us victory, and instead we fear the failure and never experience the victory. What does this constant fear do to us? If you look at Saul and his army, you see it in their eyes, this fear. If we are not careful, the same thing happens to us that happened to them. We allow fear to reign, and God doesn't get glory. Several things that happen, we, we experience a lack of enthusiasm. Saul had no desire to get up in the morning and, and, and have the generals and his, his uh, uh, army looking at him as he failed to go out and, and encounter and engage the enemy. We have unfocused thoughts uh, because all we can think about is our fear. I imagine that every time Saul looked out his tent, all he could see was Goliath out there. It keeps us from interacting with others. Again, we seclude ourselves and we find ourselves unwilling to engage because what if they find out? What if they unknow what I'm afraid of? Uh, keeps us from getting anything done and it chips away at our intimacy with God. Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote, The wise man in the storm prays to God, not for safety from danger, but for deliverance from fear. It is the storm within which endangers him, not the storm without. We find throughout the Bible the word of God calling us to have victory over fear. Isaiah wrote in the Old Testament, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Paul wrote to Timothy, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and of timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for him. 
with the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. For God saves us and calls us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserve it, but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. <coughs> Conquering our fear. <coughs> Excuse me. Conquering our fear is not just a matter of willpower. It's not just a matter of saying, okay, I can get over this. I can do it. I am able. You might be able to conquer some fears with that. But, but there's more to it than just willpower. It's a matter of dependence uh, on the God whom we can trust and we, who we know loves us. It's a matter of believing his words, his promises, his gifts to you. It's a matter of recognizing the devil's pitfalls uh, as he attempts to cripple you with the fear that keeps God's great grace and power and love and discipline from working in your life. As I told you, I, was, I had a fear going over and turning off the PA and walking up in the dark. I stop and think I can, I, can, I can almost feel being there. And I remember at some point along the way that I just felt, this is ridiculous. In my head, I knew, and yet I was so full of this fear. And I finally said, God, you've got to deliver me from this. And I can remember on the day that Dad said, Bob, I want you to go. I want you to turn off the PA. I want you to lock the door. And I finally said, God, this is the night. So I walked out the front door of the house and I walked to the back door of the church. Got there, I just wanted to run, but I walked up and I reached down and turned off the PA. Walked down. When I got there, it was like, okay, you did that, go. And everything in me said, run. And Satan on my shoulder said, run. But I walked. And I walked every step of the way back to the church. I got to the back door and I locked it. And then there was that long yard to, to get across. And I just trying to talk to myself, okay, you did it. You can take off now. But no, I knew if I was going to have victory, I was going to have to face it all the way. And I walked. I walked in the front door. You know what? I have never had that fear in my life again. I never did. In fact, after that, I learned to play the guitar a bit, and I would go over in the church all by myself at night with the lights out and play the guitar for an hour or two. Didn't There was no more fear. Because God delivered me from that fear that had limited and, and was crushing in on my life. We overcome fear by standing on the promises of God. There are thousands of promises in God's word. Just as there are so many fears that you could list, there, are, there is in God's word things to help us face them all. We can never face any life situation that God hasn't supplied the promises to deliver us and help us to overcome. 
Let me just share in closing a few of those with you. Here are some promises to get you started. The writer to the Hebrews said, For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. Isaiah says, He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Moses said, The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Isaiah said, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. He said, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. James said, resist the devil and he will flee from you come close to god and god will come close to you john said but if we confess our sins to him he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness moses wrote again do not be afraid or discouraged for the lord will personally go ahead of you he will be with you he will never fail you or abandon you Joshua said, this is my command, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Paul wrote to the Philippians, and this same God, who takes care of me, will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which has been given to us in Christ Jesus. These are just some of the promises. God wants you to put him to the test. Over and over, he wants to prove himself faithful. When we forget what God has done, we allow ourselves uh, to be held prisoner to fear. But as we recognize who he is and what he has done and what he wants to do, it frees us from the fear that enslaves us. Jesus stood at the opening to the grave of Lazarus. And he calls for Lazarus, who has been dead now for four days, to come out. And Lazarus comes out uh, stumbling, hindered by the burial clothes that were wrapped around him. And Jesus cries out to his family and friends, loose him and let him go. Today Jesus once again stands at the door of our lives, where we are bound by our fears and our phobias hindered from accomplishing what God wants to do in us and through us. And he speaks into our lives words of hope. Then he says, loose him, loose her, let them go. He wants to release you from the fears that keep you from doing the mighty things in God's kingdom. The question is, will you continue to be bound by fear? The fear that keeps you from doing and being the person God wants you to. Or will you embrace the promises of God that liberate us and allow us to live by faith that conquers fear? The Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? Will you stand? Father God, 
Many of us stumble over the fears that are part of this broken humanness, human nature that we all possess. Some of us don't only stumble over them, some of us are locked in a prison of our fears. We know what you want us to do, and we know that there's things you want us to be in. There's, we know there's things that you want us to accomplish in your name, and our fear keeps us locked away from doing those things. Many times we beat ourselves up over the failures. Lord, this morning we pray that you will help us to reach out and claim the promises of God that set us free from those fears that keep us from being all that God wants us to be, created us to be, died on the cross so that we could be. Lord, what would happen? What would happen just in our community if those of us in this room today would be released from the fears that keep us from being the people you want us to be? God, there'd be a, there'd be a revival. There'd be a stir in our community that everybody would know about. God, we just invite you to come and set us free. Help us to take a step, another step, another step out of the prison of our fears and to live the victorious lives that you want us to live, that we would find in you our refuge and our fortress so that we would not be afraid, that we would not tremble in the darkness of our fears any longer. We ask in your holy name. Amen.